Hello and welcome back to West Bank Bible Church Podcast. Dave and Pastor Merritt. Today we will be on lesson number 15 in the book of Daniel. Follow along in the outline if you so choose. But before we begin, as is our custom, let's remember 1 John 1 9 as may or may not be necessary. Thank you, Father, for the privilege of being able to use 1 John 1 9, whereby we cite our sin back to you and thus are taught by God the Holy, God the Holy Spirit. Thank you so much. Okay, David. Today we will be on Lesson 15, as I mentioned, and we will begin near the top of page two, if I can get my spot, just below Daniel 2.16, which is where we finished on the last lesson. Let's see what we can learn from verse 16.1. No one ever visited the king's quarters without his permission. Well, why don't I read verse 16 first? Daniel went straight to the king's quarters and asked permission from his chief of staff to see the king. Daniel promised, if given just a little more time, he would tell the king what he had dreamed and then interpret the dream. Now let's see what we can learn. No one ever visited the king's quarters without his permission. Daniel had to go through proper channels channels to get his audience. As we will later see, there is the possibility he may not even have gotten a personal audience. Recall from our study of Esther, She risked her life by entering her husband's throne room in order to plead the case of her people. Earlier, the king announced, all wise men will be killed. He could not retract his pronouncement. After all, a Middle Eastern potentate as God could could make no mistake. Therefore, his pronouncements were intractable. We should take note of Daniel's attitude of faith. Not for a moment did he doubt God's ability to provide the answer to the dream. This kind of confidence, as we have noted, can only come from a mind full of doctrine. He was prepared. He had doctrine in his soul. Daniel is our example. We must take in the word consistently under the filling of the Spirit so we too can demonstrate in the angelic conflict that even in fallen state, we can choose God's way over Satan's way. Because Daniel is occupied with Christ, he moves forward even though he does not know the answer. He does know that his future does rest in God's hands. Through proper channels, he sent word to the king that if given time, God would show him not only the dream, but also the interpretation of the dream. From the scripture, we cannot be sure, Daniel actually made a personal visit to the king. There is the possibility he simply saw his chief of staff, who in turn conveyed his request. All we really know is that Daniel received permission to tell the king his dream and its interpretation. If I might be permitted a bit of conjecture, it is possible that after the king cooled down, And after hearing of Daniel's request, whether in person or through official channels, 
he may have remembered the earlier examination when he observed that Daniel was ten times wiser than all his staff. Now let's take a look at verse 17. Verse 17, King James Version. Then Daniel went to his house and made the thing known to Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah, his companions. Let's see how the NIV has translated that. Then Daniel returned to his house and explained the matter to his friends, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. What was going through Daniel's mind at this point is not known. The phrase, return to his house, for me, raises a picture of a man busily thinking of a plan while walking briskly away from the palace. His plan, as we can see, is to seek God's help. Of course, that would be in prayer, even though he was or had the gift of prophecy and was a prophet. Just because you or I have a particular gift does not mean we do not need all the other forms of worship, and this clearly is shown here. Daniel not only needed a prayer to get him through this time of testing, but he needed intercessory prayer. The scriptures tell us the prayers of a righteous man availeth much. If you want results, ask a righteous man to pray for you. Proverbs 15.8 The sacrifice of the wicked is an abomination to the Lord, but the prayer of the upright is his delight. Daniel certainly knew three righteous young men, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. He wanted some artillery support, so he seeks out three close friends. We could say that Daniel approached this problem with fellowship and prayer. The Bible teaches us to pray when we need wisdom. Daniel needed wisdom, so he calls upon the Lord. James 1.5 If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not and it shall be given him. Daniel was not unlike other Old Testament saints who sought the Lord's help in time of need. If Abraham pleads with God for wicked Sodom, 
persistently bringing down the minimum number of righteous for whose sake the city can be spared. Let me read Genesis eighteen twenty-three, and I'll read, uh, let's see. goes through 33. Yeah, I'll read David through 33. So Genesis eighteen twenty-three, And Abraham drew near and said, Wilt thou also destroy the righteous with the wicked? Peradventure, there be fifty righteous men within the city. Wilt thou also destroy and not spare the, the place for the fifty righteous that are therein? That be far from thee to do after this manner to slay the righteous with the wicked, and that the righteous should be as the wicked, that be far from thee. Shall not the judge of all earth do right? And the Lord said, If I find in Sodom fifty righteous within the city, then I will spare all the place for their sakes. And Abraham answered and said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord, which am but dust and ashes. Peradventure, there shall lack five of the fifty righteous, Wilt thou destroy all the city for lack of five? And he said, If I find there forty and five, I will not destroy it. And he spake unto him yet again, and said, Peradventure, there shall be forty found there. And he said, I will not do it for forty's sake. And he said unto him, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak. Peradventure, there shall thirty be found there. And he said, I will not do it if I find thirty there. And he said, Behold now, I have taken upon me to speak unto the Lord. Peradventure there shall be twenty found there. And he said, I will not destroy, destroy it for twenty's sake. And he said, Oh, let not the Lord be angry, and I will speak yet but this once. Peradventure ten shall be found there. And he said, I will not destroy it for ten's sake. And the Lord went his way as soon as he had left, communing with Abraham, and Abraham returned unto his place.
Moses asked that his own name might be blotted out of the book of life if God would forgive those who worship the golden calf. Numbers 14, 13 through 19. David, why don't you take up there and let's see what Moses had to say unto the Lord. And Moses said unto the Lord, Then the Egyptians shall hear it. For thou broughtest up this people in thy might from among them. And they will tell it to the inhabitants, any of this land, for they have heard that thou, Lord, art amongst this people, that thou, Lord, art seen face to face, and that thy cloud standeth over them, and that thou goest before them. By day, time, and a pillar of a cloud, and a pillar of fire by night. Now, if thou shalt kill all this people as one man, then the nations which have heard the fame of thee will speak, saying, Because the Lord was not able to bring this people into the land which he sware unto them, therefore he hath slain them in the wilderness. And now I beseech thee, let the power of my Lord be great, according as thou hast spoken, saying, The Lord is long-suffering and of great mercy, forgiving iniquity and transgression, and by no means clearing the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers upon the children until unto the third and fourth generation. Pardon, I beseech thee, the iniquity of this people according unto the greatness of thy mercy. And as thou hast forgiven this people from Egypt, even until now. The three boys had much in common. They were what we would call true friends. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego were friends upon whom David could rely. Friends he could turn to in time of trouble friends he could trust, even with the most pressing needs. These young men knew that mercy is grace in action and that asking God in prayer transforms grace into positive action. Now let's take a look at verse 18 and the substance of their prayer. In the KJV, that they would desire mercies of the God of heaven concerning this secret, that Daniel... And his fellows should not perish with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. In the NIV, he, being Daniel, urged them to plead for mercy from the God of heaven concerning this mystery, so that he and his friends might not be executed with the rest of the wise men of Babylon. Daniel goes to his apartment in the palace and asks his friends to come over and talk about their little problem. Not sure how little it is, but... That's what they say. What the reaction was of Daniel's friends, we do not know. We do know Daniel is not afraid to ask God about this situation. His prayer here is rather simple. Lord, show us the dream and its interpretation in order that we are not executed. 
Daniel certainly knew that God's ways are not always our ways. Just think of the famous lion's den episode and the fiery furnace episode. These boys knew God's will was perfect and that their safety rested with him and him alone. Isaiah 55, 8 through 56, 1. For my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. As the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. As the rain and the snow come down from heaven, and do not return to it water without watering the earth, and making it bud and flourish, so that it yields seed for the sower and bread for the eater. So is my word that goes out from my mouth. I will not return to me empty, but will accomplish what I desire and achieve the purpose for which I was sent it. You will go out in joy and be led forth in peace. The mountains and hills will burst into song before you. And all the trees of the field will clap their hands. Instead of the thorn bush will grow the pine tree. Instead of briars, the myrtle will grow. This will be for the Lord's renown, for an everlasting sign, which will not be destroyed. This is what the Lord says. Maintain justice and do what is right. For my salvation is close at hand and my righteousness will soon be revealed. Daniel and the boys accepted whatever solution God had determined. Now let's take a look at the good at the victory. God answers in spades in verse 19. KJV. Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision. Then Daniel blessed the God of heaven. NIV translates, During the night, the mystery was revealed to Daniel in a vision. Then Daniel praised the God of heaven. There are those who think the statement, Then was the secret revealed unto Daniel in a night vision, indicates God let Daniel dream the same dream. This is no doubt a possibility. We only know for sure, however, that God revealed the dream to Daniel. Daniel had faith that God would provide him the dream. He prayed even though he had the gift of prophecy. And as a result, Not only does God deliver both he and his friends, but God, through Daniel, blesses the entire diviner cadre of Babylon. The entire diviner staff is going to be saved from execution. God is glorified just as much as Daniel his three friends, and or Nebuchadnezzar and his cabinet. Notice what Psalm 
has to say. Call upon me, call upon me in your time of trouble. I will deliver you and you shall glorify me. God honored Daniel and his faith. He showed the prophet the dream and the exact meaning of the dream. In the dream, Daniel will tell the king how the history of the world will unfold from Nebuchadnezzar until the coming of Christ. The result of God's revelation will result in Daniel's promotion, and as a result of his witness, many in Babylonia and Persia will be saved. Now let's see Daniel's response of praise. Daniel chapter 2, verses 20 through 23. NIV And said, Praise be to the name of God forever and ever. Wisdom and power are His. He changes times and seasons. He sets up kings and deposes them. He gives wisdom to the wise and knowledge to the discerning. He reveals deep and hidden things. He knows what lies in darkness and light dwells within him. I thank and praise you, O God of my fathers. You have given me wisdom and power. You have made known to me what we ask of you. You have made known to us the dream of the king. Daniel 2, 20 through 23. There is no doubt in Daniel's mind who deserves the credit. And no time does Daniel get carried away with his own importance. His theme is, Blessed be the name of the Lord. Daniel is perfectly oriented to the plan of God, and though others, as we will see later, may try to take credit, this little-known rookie prophet is full of praise to God as the source of all power and might. In verse 21, the word Idon, translated at times, and the word Zeman, translated seasons, are similar to the Greek words chronos and kairos, which are familiar to us. These two words are usually translated times and seasons. By using these words, Daniel reveals his knowledge of dispensations. As we have noted earlier, dispensations and cycles of discipline were commonly understood 
by the Old Testament prophets and certainly Moses. In Leviticus chapter 26, we have one of the most extensive dissertations on the cycles of discipline promised for reversionistic nations, that is, nations devoid of a pivot of positive believers. Now, before we look at the doctrine of the fifth cycle of discipline, I want to review the description of the statue. Beginning in Daniel chapter 2, verses 32 through 35. The head of the statue was made of pure gold, its chest and arms of silver, its belly and thighs of bronze, its legs of iron, its feet partly of iron and partly of baked clay. While you were watching, a rock was cut out, but not by human hands. It struck the statue on its feet of iron and clay and smashed them. Then the iron, the clay, the bronze, the silver, and the gold were broken to pieces at the same time and became like chaff on a threshing floor in the summer. The wind swept them away without leaving a trace, but the rock that struck the statue became a huge mountain and filled the whole earth. All right, David. Thank you for being with us. If there's anyone out there without Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Pastor Merritt, close us in a prayer. Father, we're grateful that we can get insight into the meaning of the statue, the meaning of the rock that rolled down and broke the feet which will come later. we just blessed that you have provided this information to us because truly it is a significant revelation of what will occur in the future and in fact what did take place. Now continue to guide us and direct us as we get insight into this great prophet and all of the wonderful revelations that are provided in the book of Daniel. Okay, David, close us up. As always, until next time, so long.